afternoon and welcome to another edition of SJ at Noon in a brand new studio. Same Jamie Neugebauer. My name is Rory McGoran. Thanks for joining us. Your weekly hockey talk in the SJHL playoffs down to the final four teams. We have a great show with your Sask Lotteries recap. We're going to be joined by Carter McKay. Congratulations to him on being named the RBC Community Ambassador as well as being named to the National Aboriginal Hockey Championships taking place in May and November. Nova Scotia. Then following Carter, we'll bring on Benny Walchuk, one of the busiest SJHL broadcasters for the Yorkton Terriers and the Melville Millionaires. And then we got your division SJHL player awards, which they've been handing out in arena across the playoffs to the award winners. We'll announce them all and talk about that as well. Rory McGoran, the Nugs, always with you. How are things going? Final four teams and both with a two-game two series lead. Yeah, happy uh, happy April uh, to everybody out there. You said the same Jamie Nugent about Rory. Is it the same Rory? Or the same Rory Morgoran yeah. too? Yeah, same one. Okay, yeah. good to know. No changes. Good to know. good to know. Yeah, no, hey, love the playoffs. Very exciting. So let's get up our playoff uh, playoff preview here. Sh- show to what's going on in round two so far. Two nothing. The graphic will pop up there for the. F- Estevan Bruins, pardon me, number one seed over the number six seed, Yorkton Terriers. Two games at home, Affinity Place, they protect it. On the other side, the Flint Flon Bombers go into the Elgar Peterson Arena and take both games one and games two. Let's start with the Estevan Bruins, though, the, the number one seed in the SJHL, and it, they're just a lot to deal with. The Yorkton Terriers, they keep games close with Estevan. They did it all series long, and of course, they do say series is never over until you lose at home. It's going to switch back into the Yorkton Terriers' home ice for games three taking place tomorrow and four taking place on Thursday but it is a tall mountain to climb now without getting that split in games one and two yeah the Westland arena was rocking in Yorkton and especially the second half of the season and in that first round against Melfort and Yorkton so the Terriers have no reason to panic and that being said uh, this is going really really well for the Estevan Bruins Rory because we've seen that the Estevan Bruins are able to win any way you want to play. I don't think any team in the league, every team has, in the league has a way they want the game to look in order for them to be as successful as possible. The Estevan Bruins can do it any way. In the first game, a track meet, 7-4 game, you know, Olivier Pouliot filling the score sheet. Game two, Rory, Olivier Pouliot not in the lineup at all, dealing with an injury of mm-hmm. some sort. Don't have the exact details. Hopefully he's back soon because he's one of the most exciting players this league has seen in a while, I think. But game two, no Olivier Pouliot, two goals from Eric Pierce. Uh, so, Rory, it, it's interesting. To what degree are the Yorkton Terriers in trouble? Well, I- Again, you you win both at home, and now you're tied up 2-2 heading into Game 5. So, like I said, it's not over until the Estevan Bruins go into Yorkton and pick up another win, whether if that's in Game 3 or Game 4 or in neither. But I don't think there's any major reason to panic right now they know they can beat the Estevan Bruins they've done it throughout the regular season they kept game uh, you know they were close throughout two periods there uh, in game one and then it was only a 3-1 final in game two Olivier Pouliot might not be back it's a big loss for the Estevan Bruins you got a great goaltender in Cale DePape veteran leadership with Jansen McIntyre Gervais so I, I just think you just you got to go back to what was working against Melfort. You got to play physical. You got to get in the face of the Estevan Bruins, and y- you need to take these games at home. So until you lose at home, I don't think there's really any reason to panic yet. Yeah, no, it's a great point. What we also saw in Estevan and continued from round one is the the fans in Estevan are just coming out in droves. Oh, absolutely! It's amazing. Over 1,500 
fans each game there. We saw over you know 1,200 fans around paid attendance, we'll say, in Humboldt as well in those two games. So you know, really kudos, first of all, to you fans out there for, for really showing up. We hope that continues. I guess the worrying thing for me, Rory, and I'm very interested to ask Benny Walchak, the broadcaster of the Arctic Terriers, his perspective, because he's around the team, goes on the road with them, etc. is is Kale DePape getting a little tired? He was wearing a Superman cloak all year, 03 birth year, outstanding. We always talk about how it's tough for a young goaltender to be the number one in this league all year long. And now, you know, Kale DePape, 10 goals against on 64 shots. That's a 843 save percentage. And obviously some grade double-A, triple-A chances here for us to van. But is there is there concern about Kale? I, 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 again, I... I don't think there can be because he's your guy, right? Yeah. You're, you're not going away from Kale um, because there might be a concern that he's, he's played a lot of hockey, which he has. He was third, I believe, in the league in minutes played this year in his rookie season. So it's a, it's a lot of hockey, but yeah. he is your bona fide starter. So no, you got to trust. It's the same thing with Humboldt and Race Ramsey, Cal Shell and Flinflon and Boston below us uh, in Estevan. They've all four of the goaltenders have played every single game in the playoffs and they are the favorite starter for the team. So no, there's no panic, but yeah, you really need your decor to kind of play that much better to support a goaltender who maybe is is nearing that limit in minutes. Yeah, no no question about it. And on the flip side of that, you talked about Boston below us. Mm. And, you know, obviously 97 Western Hockey League games coming into this season. He's played a lot for the Estevan Bruins. But of those 97 games in his junior hockey career, zero of them are playoff games for mm. below us. So he came into this year, and I think, you know, as good and he was and how big as he was and how experienced his below us was coming into this year, the 21-year-old out of Langley, Rory, is that he didn't play any playoff games. So this is a brand new situation for Boston, and he's really answered the call. Uh, I think he's done what you need to do. He stopped the pucks he needed to make. You don't want, if you're Jason Tarnick, for him to need to stand on his head, mm. and he hasn't needed to. You know, he's won six games in a row. They've only lost that one, and that was game one in double overtime against Notre Dame in a game that could have gone either way. It was a very even game. Uh, but below us, you know, you talk about a team that has as much firepower, Rory, as the Estevan Bruins do. You know, often those teams give up a lot of two-on-ones the other way, three-on-ones the other way. That's not the case. They're doing a great job, and he's got a 924 save percentage to, 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 to match, and that's what you want. You want a goaltender to make the saves he needs to, and, and you think about the great, you know, sort of Detroit Red Wings teams, for example. You don't think about Chris Osgood necessarily being the, the main factor, but, you know, he was good. He was really good. He needed to, did what he needed to do, and Boston Belos has done what he needed to do. Tough one right there for uh, DePape, though, to give that one away, but, you know, the, the Terriers are finding their way into this series, I think. Uh, it could still be a very long series. And uh, take a look there at our poll down at the bottom. Comment along uh, what you've thought of the playoffs so far. If you've taken in some games, the atmosphere, the energy in the building, we want to hear it. We want to talk about it. So uh, comment along if you are watching in your lunch hour. But right now, which team is most likely to come back in the series? And the Yorkton Terriers, 64%. That might be in a tribute to how difficult it is to go win in the Whitney Forum. And the Broncos now have to do that twice. Sticking with the Bruins, though, and the Yorkton Terriers, you mentioned Olivier Pouliot, not in Game 2. He had five points in Game 1. He leads the SJHL in playoffs with 15 points. He's been the best player in the playoffs so far, and not in Game 2. So the, it, it's an injury that took him out of Game 1. We don't know the length of how long he'll be out, but if it is a significant amount, like we'll say the rest of this series... Mm -hmm. How big of a blow is that to Estevan? If there's one team that can overcome it, yeah. it's probably the Bruins. But this is, if not their best player, mm -hmm. 
one of the two or three on the team. Uh, sure, sure, it's a blow, but I think it's an issue to situation where I just I talked about it earlier in the show, right? This best of end team can play it however you want. I think the Notre Dame Hounds, a little bit of a younger team, want to play a little bit of more of a running gun, a little bit more forward heavy. This Yorkton team wants a little bit of a heavier game. Zach McIntyre and uh, Eric Boers, you know, they want to slow the game down a little bit. So maybe that kind of game model actually does suit, uh, you know, the likes of Eric Houck and Eric Pierce. You know, just a little bit more, and I talked about them needing to be big for Estevan anyways this series, even if Olivier Pouliot is in there. Obviously, Mark Rumsey's a big, big boy as well. But uh, that all being said, it's a, it's a loss. You, and great point, though, Rory. Like, if there's one team that can deal with it, uh, it, is the, uh, the, it is the Estevan Bruins because they're just, you know, of great players. Obviously, we haven't even said the names. Cody Davis, he's been great for this, <laughs> this whole playoff. I haven't said Kalen Fitzpatrick. He's been outstanding these whole playoffs. Their forward core never ends. Uh, and so, you know, it's a loss, but I think he, they can not shrug it off because he's been dominant, but uh, it's, he's, been, uh, he's been unstoppable. Yeah, when you look at the Bruins, I mean, you know, Mark Rumsey, right, jumps off the page, Olivier Pouliot, you know their decors, but, I mean, then you get guys, Jamie Valentino, two goals in yeah. game one, right? You get Eric Pierce, two goals in game two. You get Cody Davis with, you know, a, f- a few points throughout the series already. Michael Sartor. Like it, yeah. So, yes, it, it, it's a big loss. But I don't think they're looking at it as, as no. really any panic in Estevan. They haven't lost a game in regulation all playoffs. It seems to be going off without a hitch right now throughout, what's that, five, seven games. Yeah, and, and the, my concern for, you know, people say that Yorkton has a better chance of coming back. But mm-hmm. my concern for the Yorkton Terriers is just how much gas – could Tyson Jansen have in the tank? Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Hare is going to get a chance to play this matchup game at home now yep. at Westland Arena. But who do you match up against? Like, you can't. What do you do? I mean, I, we saw, we did, haven't seen it really all year. Tyson Jansen and Tanner Sklaruk playing a little bit together on the back end for Yorkton. Like to see a little bit more of that. But how much gas can those guys have in the tank? Is you know the depth has been really tested of this Yorkton decor, but. You know, just big-time kudos. I think game two, they were a lot happier. I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll ask Benny, you know, what their perspective was. But watching it from a neutral perspective, I thought the Terriers played very well in game two. Just a couple of just horrible bounces, uh, really uh, bad turnover by DePape. And, uh, you know, again, just one little chance and the, and the Bruins will kill you. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I think it's still very well could be a long series, especially when Westland Arena is rocking. Greg, thanks for watching our preview show. That's what I take away from uh, from reading your quote. And no, no, I guess I, I guess my prediction is now washed out uh, officially after the Flin Flon Bombers take two of the uh, or the first two games at home in Humboldt. And uh, but again, thanks for watching the preview show. Thanks for commenting yeah. along. That's what we want to hear. Bombers up two games already. Sorry by uh, Chris Mazowski. And yep. uh, let's go to that one. Let's go to the number two seed, Humble Broncos, against number five, Flin Flon Bombers. Are you surprised that Flin Flon was able to go into the Elder Peterson Arena and not just get the split, which you think they would be happy with, but take both? Absolutely huge. I wasn't surprised given that way that game one went, that, again, it was another power play type game, power play penalty kill. And we, I talked about in the preview show, Rory, that the more special teams it is, the better for Flin Flon because their special teams, their power play especially has been great. Uh, obviously, Humboldt's PK has been great during the regular season, maybe taking a step back there against LaRange in round one, but uh, that Flin Flon team is dangerous when they're all healthy and they're all going. And uh, But game two, you know, again, it was very five-on-five. Five. It was hard fought, and 
could have gone uh, could have gone either way just mistake one end tiny little mistakes get punished at this level and and that's kind of what's happened for this uh, humble broncos team uh am i surprised no I, man you asked me to predict this series and i just i well i went one of the i did one of these uh for about a couple seconds and i didn't know what to say so uh i, I don't know i'll ask you the same question right were you surprised i know you're the humble broadcaster but were you surprised um, I wasn't surprised with how competitive the games were. Yeah. No, I think I think game two was one of the it was one of the more entertaining games I've seen all season long among among any teams. Right. It was back and forth. It was tight checked. It was playoff style hockey. Great physical. Tough to get into scoring opportunities for both teams. And, uh, you know, Broncos led. Then it was tied. Flynn led. Then it was tied. And you got overtime. First time for the Broncos. Second time for the Bombers. It was a great game, but it was exactly what I expected between these two teams. I think they're as evenly mirror imaged as you as any teams in the league you have all-star goaltenders in shell and race ramsey you have decors that are experienced and deep and then you have lines where they just roll all four like they're there's they're balanced attacks maybe on the if you would look on paper the higher end octane offense belongs to the humble broncos but flint flop bombers they neutralized it in the two games using their boxed out skills and their size the broncos couldn't get into the house for a lot of those games or a lot of the moments throughout those games and you look at the guys like drew kuzma and 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 just their ability to keep the broncos out to c plus scoring opportunities and when they're there shell's gonna stop it yeah, no, absolutely, and that's exactly what Shell has done. He's allowed three goals against on 74 shots in this series. He's won six games in a row, has Shell, uh, with a 9.43 save percentage over that time, and it's not like every game has been easy. He's faced 30-plus shots in all, all the games in the postseason, except for one, so there you see uh, Drew Kuzma, and you talk about Rory, uh, you know, that high-octane offense for the humble Broncos. Well, the, the Bombers haven't needed a high-octane offense. What they've needed is Drew Kuzma. Yeah. Yeah, Drew, Drew, we talked when we were, we were breaking down LaRange about how integral McKellen Couture yeah. was to them. Drew Kuzma is, if not more, just he's that player that brought in and does everything. He knows what his role is, and he excels at it so well. He is hard to move in front of the net. He's got great instinct, a great stick at deflecting pucks, finding loose pucks, boxing out defenders to put him in a more advantageous position. Drew Kuzma has been the best player on the ice in two games. Yeah, you see Greg Austin just giving uh, giving you a hard time. Right? Oh, yeah. That, that's part of this whole <laughs> Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. We, we want you guys in the yeah, chat room yeah. to give us a hard time. Tell us our predictions are dumb. Whatever. We'll, we love it. We'll take it all. I'd love to hear from you guys, too, if you were at either of these games, what you felt like the atmosphere was like, too. It was pretty cool. Well, I want to give a shout-out to the Flint Flon yeah. Bombers fans. Yeah. They came out in droves to, all the way to, you know, what's that, about six hours, 15 minutes from Flint Flon to Humboldt. Not a short journey. No. But on Saturday, Friday, a great crowd. On Saturday, I think there was over 200 of them wow. uh, made, made the trip out. So that's just what you love to see in the playoffs. Look, at it's been three years since we've had the second round of the playoffs. So to get the visiting crowd into the building, to pack the seats, it's great for, it's great for everyone. And I'm just, I was really happy to see the Flin Flon did that as well. And I hope it goes back the other way with Humboldt going into the Whitney Forum. Yeah, and absolutely. Well, I got to ask you then, Rory, what is the attitude about this Humboldt team going in there? Because, you know, you know we talked about how, uh, the Bombers uh, and Man the province of Manitoba has lifted any restrictions mm -hmm. uh, and clearly they've gotten right behind the Bombers. You know, is there any sense of maybe intimidation or how do you feel like the Broncos are accepting the challenge of going in there down two games? I, I think they're going to relish in it and I think you have to yeah. because 
you know, you're presented with a challenge, and the Humboldt Broncos have been a few times throughout the season where they lost two in a row, but they never lost three in a row throughout the entire year. So they know their ability to bounce back. They know how hard it is to win the Whitney Forum. They did it once in the regular season, but playoffs is a whole different animal, especially with the restrictions lifted. We listened to Rob Hart talk about that, uh, you know, when we interviewed him and, you know, you listen to Mike Reagan, the head coach, talk about how important it is to have the fans back. It is the hardest building to win in, in the SJHL. I'm going to hold out on that thought. Whitney Forum playoffs is the hardest away building to pick up a win. But um, I don't think there's, again, just like the Arctic Terriers, I don't think there's too much concern with the Humboldt Broncos and even less because of how close these two games were and a bounce one way, it could be 2 nothing Humboldt, but it's 2 nothing Flin Flon right now. So they've got to find a way to steal a couple on the road here. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it's like completely the opposite, right? Because mm-hmm. the Arctic Terriers and their fans are saying, yeah, you're not in trouble till you lose at home. Yeah. But the Broncos have lost two at home. So are they in trouble? I don't know. And well, again, I mean, we they're down 2 nothing, and They are in trouble. They're yeah. in trouble, yes. <laughs> okay. They are. Yeah. And, and, but that being said, you know, with – ton of respect and I, I, those boys there in Yorkton you know Gervais and McIntyre and those guys they know I, I love them dearly big big fans of them big fans of the heart in that locker room in Yorkton the level of talent in this humble team is is different like it's it's right out there with yeah. the best in in maybe in all of Canada so man I, I still pick Humboldt because they're the better team in terms of you know whether they or Yorkton could come back um, but uh, it is a big mountain to climb. Brenda Sevchik driving nine hours uh, to Yorkton now, I guess, for game three. Tell, tell us where you're coming from, Brenda. I'd love to hear that. Uh, we also get uh, another chat, Jolene Stromey. I'm guessing that's Landon's, uh, yep. Landon's yeah. bomb there, going to Flin Flon to cheer the Broncos on. That's awesome. So uh, you're, gonna, you're in for a treat, Jolene, I can tell you that much. Yeah, How you, excited are you to call the game, Rory? I, I did it two years ago oh. in, in the Whitney Forum, the, awesome. uh, the Flin Flon Bombers. Oh, they got the same start uh, this series. It was a sweep against the Humboldt Broncos in 2019-20. But, no, it's electric. It's electric. That yeah. Whitney form in the playoffs, there's, there's nothing like it. It's an awesome building to call. And if you haven't been and you're a fan of, if you're a fan of hockey, just the, the history and the heritage mm. that's in the building, it's, if it, it has to be on your bucket list and it has to be crossed off. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then, you know, another thing that I think about that if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm not concerned. I'm concerned, but I'm not, you know, uh, throwing ashes on my head and wearing sackcloth. My, I, 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 you know, it's an, it's an old reference. I'm a, I'm a bit of a history nerd. There you go. Uh, the, the thing that I Spruce think about, Grove. too, is, oh, there you go, Spruce Grove. Very cool, uh, Brenda. Love, love the passion. Appreciate that. Um, is that there's nobody, there's no coach in this league like Scott Barney in terms of his ability to spin a narrative, find a way to get just a little bit more percent out of the Broncos. You know, he, you know, I, I know he, he and I chat a little bit. We know they're about to play the Hounds. You know, he's, he's asking me a question. He's honestly asking me a question, but I know that Barney's looking for just a little angle to be like, <laughs> oh, well, Notre Dame's power play is doing really well, guys. We're going to shut that down and find a kind of little way for the Broncos to be the underdogs just in a little bit of a way. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a master class on his part this year to, to, to turn negatives into positives, I guess, is the, is the simple way of putting it. And Barney's done a great job of that this year. So, uh, hey, phew. Get your tickets. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and uh, let's before we wrap up your SAS Lotteries recap, Tanner, let's toss the, the overtime winner back in for Drew Kuzma and his fifth goal of the playoffs against the Humboldt Broncos. 
tied 2-2 into overtime. The defense core of or defense pairing of Kaplowitz and Barlogi got caught onto the ice for too long, had a couple opportunities to clear the puck, couldn't get it out. And against the Flin Flon Bombers team, right there again, Lucas Fry sends it in. It does just creep out. And Drew Kuzma, what he does so well is this power forward right down the wing, gets a little bit of an advantageous shot position and fires it, tips off the glove of Race Ramsey and, and wins in the celebration in front of the Bomber fans afterwards. It, it, he's he's been huge. I just mm. I didn't want to leave the segment without mentioning Drew no. Kuzma one time because he's been the best player on the ice. Yeah, very cool. And obviously Cole Vardy there uh, tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, Cole. The defenseman for the Flin Flon Bombers gets a front row seat, I guess, to watch uh, to watch Drew, especially on that power play. Humboldt keeps giving Flin Flon power plays there and. Mm. Some big trouble there. Other couple, a couple other comments before we go to break. Jamie Weber, believe and achieve in Flin Flon. Uh, very cool. Never give up if you're a Humboldt fan. Jay Jeffrey saying the zoo is going to be electric. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. I'm sure you can't wait. Can't wait to see it even. And Greg Austin says he was at both Bruins games, both entertaining and happy the Bruins are up to nothing. Man, again, round of applause for you fans, for you, because you guys have come out and been awesome. So thank you. I lied. One more piece. One more piece to the puzzle because it's a little bit of a unique series yeah. with the break that's in between. Of course, on April 6th, all of our, our thoughts mm. and our, our prayers go out to the 2017-18 right. Humboldt Broncos and everyone affected and all the families and the players, of course. Uh, so that's why there's no hockey ever on, in the SJHL on April 6th. Uh, there's no travel as well for the teams on April 6th, rightfully so. So the Humboldt Broncos needed to then move their games with the Bombers all the way until Friday, Saturday, which is going to be great because now the Flin Flon Bomber fans get weekend games for their gate, right? But they had restrictions all year. So it's another Friday, Saturday. Saturday back-to-back it's going to bring a great atmosphere for both teams in the Whitney Forum but who do you think benefits off it now more with a break in my opinion I would say normally the Flin Flon Bombers would benefit because the style of hockey the Humboldt Broncos play is that they wear you down not only over 60 minutes but especially over the course of a series if you're now playing on a Tuesday after a two-fought hard-fought games one and two you know is that rolling effect of of the unit and the, the forwards and the defense eventually wearing down on a team the longer the series goes, right? But now, yeah. on the other side, Flin Flon is up two games to nothing. Maybe they want that momentum just to happen right away, yeah. and instead the Broncos are going to get a week to kind of reset. Yeah, I think there's a couple ways to look at it. Obviously, there's that, that's the way it is, so they got to find the positive. Obviously, both Mike Reagan and Scott Barney, experienced coaches, got taking positives and negatives and making them positives. I think if you're humbled, I think you want to actually play as quick as possible to get the bad feeling, not just sit in there stew about being frustrated about the first two games, just get back out there. Uh, but, you know, uh, th it is the way it is, so Scott Barney's going to find a way to use it. Mike Reagan's going to find a way to use it. Definitely Flynn Flon wants to keep going, I'm sure, with the momentum. Uh, so I think both teams would have probably wanted probably to continue the, the momentum of the series like a normal series. But obviously we have to you know, pay our respects on April yeah. 6th. And uh, if you've ever got an opportunity, you know, driving up that highway, the memorial there for the crashes is really, really powerful. So I definitely recommend it. That was your Sask Lottery's recap. And uh, if the Estevan Bruins keep rolling, there's actually a chance that that series is over before games three. <laughs> of, of the other series right. so just it's it's not a little mix in the scheduling but uh game three tuesday between estevan and yorkton in yorkton then game four will be thursday and then games three and four between the two seed humble broncos and the five seed flint Flon bombers on friday and saturday in the whitney forum if you can get your tickets go support your sjhl hockey that's your sask lottery's recap we'll take a break and bring back your super u player profile rbc ambassador winner member of the national aboriginal hockey championship carter mckay of the melville millionaires next on SJ at noon. 
Welcome back to SJ at noon and now very happy to welcome in a member of the Melville Millionaires and he is your RBC community ambassador for the entire SJHL. It's Carter McKay. Carter, congratulations on that and thanks for joining us. How are things going over there? Pretty good. I mean, it's nice to win that award. Pretty big honor. Thanks to all the coaches and uh, friends and family for voting me. Absolutely. And that's where we want to start off. Uh, you know, it's a great honor to be named one, just one of the 12 RBC community ambassadors across the league. And then to actually go all the way down to the final and be named the league's ambassador. Uh, congratulations, quite the accomplishment. What does it mean to you to be recognized in the community of Melville, where you're from, playing for your hometown team, and now being the community ambassador across the SJHL? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like kind of surreal, you know, Last year at this time, I don't think I'd ever like imagine being in this position, but yeah, it's pretty awesome to be recognized for that. And um, yeah, just good, good experience. Carter, again, thank you uh, so much for your time. Again, congratulations on the RBC Ambassador Award. Uh, I got to ask you about your first year uh, in junior hockey. Again, not too many guys who are 16 play full seasons in the SJHL just over the years, uh, unless they're pretty special. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, you know, just how, how do you reflect on your year? How much fun did you have uh, mucking it up with 19, 20-year-olds? Yeah, it was pretty fun. We had a good group of guys there, lots of lots of characters. And, um, yeah, it was a huge jump from midget, I found, only playing seven games. But it was fun, good experience. Yeah, for sure. It didn't look like you you, you uh, had it had too much issue with that transition. Did really really well. Did you ever? I guess you're the second youngest guy in the league to you know this year with Ty Mason. Did you ever you know line up with Ty uh, when you guys were playing Weber and be like, man, you got me beat by a couple months because you're a couple months older than him? Uh, maybe a couple times, but you know it's all good. We're we're pretty good friends, so yeah, yeah. it's fun to play against them. Yeah, very cool. And good on Mike Rooney. I, I, I got to ask you, sorry, Rorty, I came out of question here. Uh, the First Nations uh, or the Nab National Aboriginal Hockey Championships uh, coming up in May. Uh, lots of SG uh, talent in that team as well. A couple of Melford Mustangs, yourself. We mentioned Ty Mason, uh, Hilbig there. Uh, Henry on Battlefords should be a, a great team. You know, tell me about this tournament that's coming up. You know, what's it involving with and uh, how excited are you to play there in Nova Scotia? Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, it's always like nice to be able to represent your culture in anything and to do it at this big of a stage is pretty, pretty awesome. And um, going to Nova Scotia should be pretty cool too. We're joined by Carter McKay of the Melville Millionaires, also your RBC Community Ambassador winner in the SJHL. Carter, I know you were a young rookie this year with the Melville Millionaires, but how did you see that season progress in terms of the changes that were made midseason and then this youth movement coming up? Uh, just in your eyes, I know, you know you're still a young player in your first year, but did you kind of notice this um, shift in culture change and now you guys have this group of young talent that's set for success for the future yeah I think it's like pretty cool to see um, Mike's doing a good job they're bringing in the right guys I think um, they're all good guys I mean every guy that came in here was just a good guy to talk to and was excited to see them every day but I like how our team's looking it's looks pretty special so the belief in that core group of young players was that the Melville Millionaires are ready to compete next year. Yeah, I think we're, we're pretty good to go. 
Yeah, I, I got to ask you, Carter, again. I like to ask people point blank questions. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but whatever. That's, that's what we're here for. I'll have a little bit of fun. You're a prospect of the Prince Albert Rangers as well in the Western Hockey League. Are you more college focused? Are you more WHL focused? Or is it still, you're still early in that process of thinking about it? I think it's still pretty early. You never know what's going to happen, right? So I'm not too like focused on one path, but yeah, I mean, it's just not decided yet. There you go. I don't want to get Mike Rooney too mad at me because that's, <laughs> that's a dangerous space to live in, Mike Rooney being mad at you. Uh, you know, just the last one from me then, uh, Carter, uh, you know, during the season, and I always find this interesting when, you know, you guys traded away Jackson Bohan and Nick Porterfield, you know, to the Alberta Junior League, it seemed like it really sparked something, you know, and maybe a guy like yourself, maybe a guy like Noah Wills, uh, Brecken did Hartog coming in, doing a great job on the back end as well. You know, maybe guys felt a little bit more free uh, to be themselves, to just play as a young guy and knowing that you're going to get the opportunity. Is that the sense that you got this year that, you know, you really got a great opportunity to express yourself and play your game? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think all the guys just knew that this was a chance to show like, even though we're young, we can play with the guys, everyone in the league, but you know, it was, it was good. Everyone got pretty excited for it. Carter, thanks so much for joining us. Of course, uh, congratulations being named to that tournament in Nova Scotia coming up, the RBC Community Ambassador winner in the SJHL. Uh, just how important, where do you weigh these type of awards? You know, I mean, of course, you want the success on the ice, but this just says about what kind of person you are off the ice as well. Yeah, this is like huge award for me. Like, um, obviously huge honor. Lots of guys selected for that. And then even the coaches for me, for the coaches to select me, it's like pretty cool. And the community of Melville obviously always supports the Melville millionaires and you're doing that back in turn supporting the community. So uh, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations on those two accomplishments. And we'll see you back next year with the Melville millionaires. Yep. Thanks for having me. There was Carter McKay of the Melville Millionaires. We'll take a break and we'll come back with Benny Walchuk of the York Terriers and Melville Millionaires. We'll get a little insight on, on the broadcaster right now with his team in the playoffs down 2-0 to the Estevan Bruins next on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran, the Nugs with you. Big thanks to Carter McKay, the second youngest player in the SJHL and what uh, you know incredible accomplishments being named the RBC Community Ambassador as well uh, to the National Aboriginal Championship. So uh, congratulations to him and everyone else on that list. Uh, one of the busiest broadcasters in the SJHL is our next guest. He's Yorkton Terriers and Melville Millionaires play-by-play -play man, Benny Walchuk. Benny, thanks so much for joining us. How are things going? Well, I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's been a busy time for me, but uh, nothing better than calling playoff hockey, so I'm enjoying it right now. What have you seen so far? Two games, the Estevan Bruins take a 2 nothing lead at, on home ice. Of course, they say the series is never over until you lose at home, so it's going to go back to Yorkton. But what have you seen the Yorkton Terriers try to do in this series to just neutralize uh, an insanely talented and deep Estevan Bruins team throughout the regular season. They did a great job, a lot of close games, uh, but this is going to be a tough seven game series for Yorkton. They got to find a way to win at home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've been doing a good job. I thought in game number two, they did a really good job in that first period of uh, just playing in your face. They're physical. Uh, when they were terrier teams are successful, they are physical. They have maybe 40, 50 hits a night. And they did that in game number one. And, uh, simply the Estevan Bruins just kind of panicked and uh, they didn't quite expect that. Also, another big thing is discipline. 
Uh, Terriers have been undisciplined pretty much all playoffs long, and Matt Terry admits to it uh, each post and pregame show that he does. Uh, so, but they only took, I think, two penalties or one penalty in game number two stakes and be disciplined. I think they have success, and if they can get one at home, who knows what can happen because this Terrier team in the past has uh, been able to get on a roll when they have uh, been playing well. Yeah, thanks for taking the time, Benny. Uh, you know, really appreciate it. I know you're a, a busy guy, too. You, you dabble in the Manitoba League a little bit, which I think is pretty sweet. Uh, I want to ask you about a specific guy who's kind of really jumped off the page, uh, especially the second half of the year and into the playoffs, and that's Kar Karsten Kruska. Keeps getting awarded with Rookies of the Month and Rookies of the Week, and well-deserved. What a skilled player. Do you feel like this was coming, or was there some sort of uh, switch that was flicked? How, how impressive has Karsten been lately uh, as a scoring forward? Yeah, he has been. He had a good start to the training camp and uh, the season. I think he got off to uh, four or five goals to start the year. Then he kind of went into a little bit of a lull. And uh, he just kind of went into conversations with Matt and the coaching staff to see what he could do. He watched some more video and see what he did. And I think ever since he joined uh, Keyshawn Gervais on that uh, top line, I think him and Keyshawn have been really, really good chemistry. They both have great speed. They're both very skilled. And I think Carson just took off from there. And he's a guy off the ice. He really takes care of himself. He likes to work out. He likes to make sure he's healthy, eats right. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's been good to see for Carson. He's a good kid off the ice as well. So it's just, I think ever since they joined Keyshawn on that top line, they've been kind of floating centermen in between. They have J.D. Hall now in the center ice position. They've had Carson Henry in that position and, and Clay Sleva as well. So they've had some different guys, but I think ever since he joined Keyshawn and they've been really kind of taken off and they've been kind of good one of the top two offensive talents for the Terriers here in the second half of the season. Yeah, for sure. I also got to ask, you know, obviously this Yorkton Terriers team this year has kind of been synonymous with their goaltender. You know, the year Caleb the Pape has had such a young guy, uh, so impressive. But do you feel like maybe he's hitting a little bit of a fatigue wall? Obviously hard to blame him. And obviously I know better than, as, as well as anybody, how dynamic the Van Bruins can be after watching their first series very, very closely. Do you think there's anything with Kale going on, or, or do you think it's just a matter of the SFM Bruins getting their chances? Yeah, I think a little bit of both, maybe. I know the first game against Melfort last series, it might have been nervous. I know talking to Kale, that's his first playoff game since since uh, U15 hockey, so that's almost five years ago since he last played some uh, playoff hockey, so I think he got that out of the way, and then he was very good in that series, and then It just, mm -hmm. I think, one, I think it, you're cutting out a bit, Benny. Defense talent defensively, maybe it was much better in game number two as well. Just an unfortunate, uh, kind of mind boggling when he shot the puck right to a guy in the slot. So I think it's a little bit of a mental breakdown for Kale, but he, he responded and he was very, very well. So I think it's just. About staying focused, but you're right. He has played a lot of games, and uh, doesn't uh, in over three or four months. You're going to have some fatigue, so I think that might be a little bit of a factor. But I think it's staying focused for Kale, and I think he did play at home, so I'm expecting a much more sharper uh, Kale here in games three and four.
What is the mentality of the Yorkton Terriers down to nothing? Uh, and how has the passion in Yorkton at home been? Of course, you know, uh, they dropped game six against the Melford Mustangs in round one, then rattled off the game seven win. But uh, down to nothing to the Bruins. Where do you think the mindset is of, of Matt Hare and the Yorkton Terriers to try and claw their way back? Because we've seen they've made these games against the Bruins competitive and they're capable of winning them. Did we lose them? I think their mentality is still pretty good. I think uh, I know it's tough. Uh, like you said, I you don't uh, be success, unsuccessful in a series. Mentality is still pretty good. Uh, they're still pretty confident bunch. So they know they had a good game in game number two. They know they probably could have had better success. They probably should have won that game uh, in game number two. So I think heading back home and the atmosphere in Yorkton has been outstanding. They've brought in uh, the local concrete places, brought his cement trucks in for horns. They brought four or five other. electric and i think the terriers are really built off the the energy i'm sure uh, more of the same here against estimate so i think good start is key for the terriers you have to good start get those fans into it i think it'll have good success so i think mentality is still pretty good we'll see what happens here with the results here in games three and four but if they can win here in game number three i think their uh their confidence will even be more higher than it is right now Absolutely. Uh, before we let you go, I just want to switch teams and go over to the Melville Millionaires. We just talked to Carter McKay, one of the young dynamic talents there. Um, in your opinion, where do you see this Melville Millionaires team in the midst of their rebuild? They've, they've got a plethora of young talent coming in and uh, probably expect them to compete and do well next year. Absolutely. I just, first off, congratulations to Carter. He's a great young man, comes from a great family, and he's a, he's a good... A uh, good role model for for youngsters, especially in the Indigenous community. I'd like to wish him a best of luck as well at the uh, National Aboriginal Hockey Championships uh, coming up here next month. It's kind of a first full season for Mike uh, taking over the organization. He's done a great job of restructuring things, um, not only on the ice, but off the ice with the new scout staff, the new off-season program. They got an educational program they're trying to entail as well so they've been a good doing a good job with mike and his staff and his uh, board of directors to kind of restructure that so then on ice you've seen some like lips within the second half i know they had got off to a tough start with the with the covid situation to start the season and then they kind of were behind the eight ball and they finally caught up a little bit very good guys very good young players have developed you got noel wills who had a great season uh, Nicholas Samso had a great year as well. Unfortunately, he was lost due to injury at the end of the year. Zach Kane as well had a great uh, middle of the year. He was banged up with injuries as well. But uh, they have definitely some young pieces. They only lose two uh, 20-year-olds and two very, very good 20-year-olds and Jonathan Cron, Jake back two good players and two uh, really good role models off the ice from the Millionaires uh, organization as well. So they're going to be missed, but... They are, they're pretty excited about their, their 0405 group. Uh, Nick Andrusiak, of course, played. He's going to have a chance to probably turn Hockey League uh, next season with Portland. Uh, they have uh, Ben Lamar. They got Zane Adelmer, 05, uh, Ducker Buhay. So they have a lot of young guys that have actually played some, some games here this season, which I think is going to be a big uh, beneficial for them heading forward. So I think the future is right in Malville. I know a lot of people have been a few years, but I think Mike and his staff are on the right track. You just got to kind of let the process play out. And I think it's going to be a much more competitive millionaire team. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top half of the uh, SGHL standings next season. Plus they have good defensemen of Louis Fredericks, the bears, and then two possible 20 year old goaltenders that they have to make a decision on, on coming mm -hmm. up.
uh, in the fall as well. So I think the future is bright and Malvo just got to let it ride out and hopefully for better things to come here this fall. Benny, thanks so much for joining us. Of course, games three and four between the Terriers and the Estevan Bruins will be on Tuesday, tomorrow, and then game four on Thursday. Best of luck with those, and we'll talk to you soon. The Noogs with you. Another edition of your SJHL Weekly Hockey Talk. Big thanks to Carter McKay for joining us and congratulations on being named your RBC Community Ambassador. Then Benny Walchuk, who might need better internet connection. Maybe should go to Sastel to, to get checked out there. For <laughs> But thanks for him to joining us. Uh, busy guy with the Yorkton Terriers and Melville Millionaires. Couple teams in the MJHL as well that, that he covers. So he's all over the place. Thanks to both of them for joining us this week. We'll have two new guests, maybe three next week as we ramp things up in in the second round of the SJH, SJHL playoffs, pardon me, want to give another shout out too as well. Take a look at the SJHL webpage, sjhl.ca later today because our new apparel company, Aggressive by Nature, all their stuff is going to be available for purchase on sjhl.ca. They'll be all released later today. So make sure you give them a little check. Um, check them out online. It's some great stuff. Uh, we've got a, a couple shirts to wear, uh, comfy stuff and Aggressive by Nature. They know what they're doing, sponsoring the SJHL. HL and there you go Nugsy with the Mind Over Matter t-shirt you can find that you can find your team logos the SJHL branding on Aggressive by Nature on the site today sjhl.ca let's get into your player of the year awards in each division the SJHL has been across all the teams in the playoffs handing out their plaques and the awards to the deserving members of the respective teams let's start up north in the Sherwood division with your MVP of the year it actually doubles as your top goaltender of the year it's going to Flin Flon Bombers, Cal Shell. Yeah, remarkable season. Uh, you know, played a ton of games up there in Flin Flon. The Bombers were a lot better with him in there. Mm. Having a great playoffs too. So great to see for uh, the SUNY Oswego D3 Direct West commit. And he's still giving the Broncos uh, nightmares and fits. He did it yep. two years ago in 2019-20 right. in game four to sweep that series. And he's picked up right where he left off in games one and two. And uh, I believe, what, about a 945 save percentage throughout those first two games? Yeah, he's got a 960 save 960, yeah, uh, that was, yeah, that was low. Pretty good. Lowballed him. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and the Bombers, it wasn't just Cal Shell. To no one's surprise, the top defenseman in the Sherwood division, 50 points, 19 goals. Xavier Lapointe is taking home that award. Yeah, another direct west commit there to uh, RIT, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology. Best all-around defense in the league. Beautiful skater. Might be the best skater in the league, too. Uh, big shot. Worked really well with Col Colvardi. That's a great pairing, too, up in Flin Flon. So, uh, David LaPointe, pretty, pretty, pretty easy pick. The rookie of the year were staying in northern Manitoba, the Flin Flon Bombers, and didn't get to play a full season, of course. Um, he's, he's still off the roster, hasn't played in the playoffs yet, but an incredible rookie year for Jeremy Tremblay, another direct West Division One commit. Yeah, 16 goals, 35 assists, and 37 games for the Direct West commit to Sacred Heart University. Um, you know, expectation is maybe that he'll come back next year. Obviously, you never know, but uh, boy, what a talent and uh, what a pickup by uh, Mike Reagan uh, just out of, uh, you, you know, prep school, the Holderness School in the States. So, great pickup. And, uh, of course, you know, we always want to see Jeremy Tremblay back into the lineup when he's healthy. Mayfair Diagnostics wants to get you guys back up off the injured list and back into the lineup. So any X-ray, MRI, ultrasound, any other needs, your physical health, of course, um, 
Mayfair Diagnostics there for you, right, Nugsy? I know you've yep. you've taken they've taken care of your family and you guys a couple times throughout the year, um, and they, that's what they want to do. They want to make sure that you guys are in tip-top shape, off the injured list, and back in the lineup. Mayfair Diagnostics. Yeah, and don't uh, don't be macho. You know, take care of things. Get get uh, your things checked out. Mental and physical health. And, uh, and move on with your life. It'll make your life better. Last one in the Sherwood division is the forward of the year, and it's going to the LaRange Ice Wolves dynamic 20-year-old forward, Brandon Della Palera. Yeah, he put a power forward. Did really well in that rink up in LaRange, 56 points in 58 games. Hard guy to deal with, especially in LaRange, too. 18 goals, big shot, uh, nice pickup. And another guy, Rory, just quickly, another guy, uh, Kevin Kaminsky and the Lawrence Ice was picked up from BC Junior B and really hit. Yeah. So good job right there. And we knew this was kind of going to be the trajectory last year in the COVID-shortened year. You only played you know, a few games, but uh, I, I just another great addition for the LaRange Ice Wolves. And uh, it was cut short last year, but still an impressive SJHL career for Della Polera. Yeah, really, really impressive. Hard to stop. Yeah. Really hard to stop. Let's go now into the Global Agri Solutions Division, and it's a clean sweep for the Humboldt Broncos. All five awards. Let's start with Race Ramsey, who takes home, just like Cal Shell, the most valuable player and the top goaltender award. Yeah, most wins in a season in SJHL mm -hmm. history. 41 and 9, a 930 save percentage, 198 goals against average. Can't do too much better than that. Hard to argue. Impossible to argue. Your forward of the year and doubling up with your rookie of the year is going to the leading point scorer in the SJHL. 84 points on the year. Connor McGrath gets both the forward and the rookie. Yeah, a big, uh, big, big year. Ferris State University mm -hmm. Direct West commit, uh, you know, led the league in points as an 03. It's, everybody talks about the SJ as an old man's league, retirement league. Not, Not at all. 84 points in 56 games for McGrath. Do, would I have liked them to give not McGrath both of these awards because there were other deserving, very deserving <laughs> like recipients to maybe one of these two awards? Absolutely, but McGrath deserves lots of credit. Could there have been a bit of a Kevin Anderson in there for <laughs> Notre Dame? <laughs> could there have been, you know, some other options? You know, I think there absolutely could have been, but McGrath was great. And finally, the defenseman of the year is Noah Barlogi, second in the league D-man points to only Xavier Lapointe, the Humboldt native, grabbing the defenseman of the year award, and another 2003-born player, but already a three-year veteran. Yeah, and it feels like he's been around forever. Talk about an old man's league again. Barlaghi, again, he's only no three. He's been around forever. You know, Scott Barney trusts young guys, and Barlaghi's one that he's trusted for a while. So big time kudos to him. Into the Viterra division, and it's just the Orkton Terriers and the Estevan Bruins on these lists. Let's start with Estevan. The forward of the year is Mark Rumsey. Yeah, big, big year. 39 goals. That shot can beat a goalie from anywhere. One of the best shots I think we've seen in the SJ in a while. Uh, Long-time Quebec media junior hockey leaguer, Rumsey, uh, but deserves it. What a shot. Wow. Your most valuable player of the Viterra division is Eric Pierce as well, Estevan Bruins. Yeah, big piece in the postseason. Uh, was a Bruin briefly to start the uh, year last year mm -hmm. before the, the COVID shutdown went back to the Western Hockey League, but he does it all. Best face-off guy in the league, too. Good power forward, uh, you know, big, uh, big pickup for Jason Tatarnik. I think he's just going to keep getting better and becoming more and more important as these playoffs go on. In all three divisions, the goaltender's taking home multiple awards, and there's no surprise, it's Kale DePape. He's winning top goaltender. He's also taking home top rookie. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, we don't ever see young men like this really have a year like this in net. 
oh and five on the year for it to peep a 915 save percentage of 232 goals against average for a kid that i think some people overlooked in minor hockey just because his teams weren't very successful in yorkton minor hockey but a local boy as well love to see that and incredible year for it and create a great kid in kale the pape in the yorkton terriers and one of the premier defensemen one of the premier veterans in the league yorkton terriers picking home the defenseman of the year award in the vatera division none other than tyson jansen yeah, Tyson, just so many little things where he can shoot a puck. His offense is not necessarily his thing, but 10 goals, 31 assists, or 31 points rather this year for Jansen. Just plays enormous minutes for Yorkton and uh, has been a great player in this league for a long time. Been around forever as well in this league too. So love to see a guy stick with it. And, and he's been great, great for Matt Hare in Yorkton. Well, look at our, our poll there down at the bottom. Which team most likely to come back? The Broncos closing it in a bit, but the consensus is the Yorkton Terriers have a better percentage chance to come back in their series. Both Yorkton and Humboldt are down two games to none. Your CAA Road Report features Tuesday and Thursday between the Bruins and the Terriers taking place in Yorkton. Tuesday game three, Thursday game four, and then the Broncos and Flin Flon will have to wait a little while. It's Friday, Saturday, back at the Whitney Forum in Flin Flon where they have not lost this playoff so far and you actually have to go back to 2017 18 i believe before they've actually or 18 19 before they lost one at home um, a long time and it's a big tough building to win in yeah incredible uh, atmosphere expected love the confidence from evan reed in the in the, the chat room humboldt most likely to come back in my opinion but flun flun won't let it happen he says love love that confidence oh boy get out there get your tickets in yorkton it's gonna be hard to find a seat in Westland Arena, it's going to be hard to find a seat in the Whitney Forum. Just cannot wait, Rory. And, and of course, I mean, we had Carter McKay on, who an, an incredible honor, an incredible privilege to be named to the National Aboriginal Hockey Championships yeah. taking place in Nova Scotia. But he wasn't the only SJHL yeah. member on that list. I'm not sure if we have that graphic. Just want to throw it up before we wrap up the show and congratulate all of the SJHLers uh, to make this tournament which is you know he, he talked about representing his his heritage and, and, yeah. and everything it's an incredible honor and congratulations to them yeah clearly McKay an incredible kid we had Ty Mason on as well incredible kid you know Trey Fouquet there for Nippon's a big piece for them next year Ethan Hillbig the Hillbig brothers were enormous for Kindersley this year Zach Somers and James Venn played big big parts for for the Melford Mustangs as well so uh, pretty cool and there's some incredible young talent. We'll definitely see Kobe Anderson for the Battlefords North Stars next year. Uh, you know, I'll go down the list of the U18 kids on this list that are excellent. Going to represent Saskatchewan super well. Very proud of every single one of these guys on these lists. Final question for you, Nugsy, before we wrap up the show for the week. It's going to be the same as our poll. Who's got the better chance to come back in the series? I know you love predictions. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, i got to say the Humboldt Broncos just because they have the better, the better talent. I guess I think it's hard to st- – and no, I don't think anybody's stopping the Estevan Bruins right now. Sorry, guys. Don't think anybody's stopping mm-hmm. them. Uh, Humble Broncos have the talent. Will they do it? It's a high, high mountain, but we'll see. Thank you so much for listening and watching this week's edition. Thank you for all your comments and all your votes. Uh, congratulations to Carter McKay once again for the RBC Community Ambassador Award. Congratulations to all the SJHL players to win or to be named to the National Aboriginal Hockey Championships taking place in Nova Scotia and Hockey CA Road Report coming up tomorrow. Estevan at Yorkton, Game 3. Next weekend, the 2 versus 5 series, Broncos and Flin Flon will start in Flin Flon. For everyone listening, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week on SJ at Noon.